a three and a half hour long 18 to 18 tie for the Philadelphia Eagles in the week two preseason battle against the Cleveland Browns. Takeaways coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. You are Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On Eagles, your first listen each and every day. Welcome, Eagles fans, to a late night Thursday edition of the show. And it's a late night edition because, as I mentioned, this preseason game, Gino, went for three and a half hours. There were injuries, players getting carted off, some crazy quarterback play, both good and bad for the Birds. A lot of standouts on both sides of the ball. Some guys struggling. We got a lot of takeaways on this one. This was for somebody like myself, a uh, classic Pac-12 ac- after dark. You this got one was Tanner for the McKee, diehards, I will say. <laughs> you got DTR. He threw some Kellen Mond in there at the end. It, it was that's a great. It point, was yeah. something. It was a football game, right? And that's why it's the greatest sport in America. You got to really love it to get fans, this one. Man. Yeah, man, you're. If sicko. you were there, please let us know if you're in every day. And if you stayed for the whole game. game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We might have to send some your way. That's sicko behavior for sure. But at the end of the day, Lou. It wasn't as clean of a game as the game against Baltimore, but in total, I think you got a lot of individual performances tonight that really stood out and in a big way too. And once again, we know we can talk about the Tanner McKee mania, how good he looked, but when you have these Ferraris and Porsches and Rolls Royces, the Jalen Carters, the Nolan Smiths that are showing up and Oh, here's Nicobe Dean who didn't start a game last year comes out, makes a huge play tonight, and just shows exactly what he's going to be for this huge man. Eagles team. Huge. And we were talking about it before the show. I mean, all these Georgia standouts are getting the hype, and then you see it come to fruition on the field, right, with Jalen Carter last week. His first NFL snap is a beautiful pass rush win, getting to the quarterback and getting a QB hit on Josh Johnson. You know, of course, Nolan Smith making some nice plays today. Got some wins last week against Baltimore as well. Jordan Davis has looked good this summer. Those guys getting the attention. Meanwhile, in the Kobe Dean, we all know the expectations are there, replacing TJ Edwards and Kazir White, but he's been dealing with an ankle injury, and you haven't really heard much about him at camp. How awesome was it to see him on that drive force a fumble on a goal line stand to get the Eagles the ball back? Gino, that's all I needed to see. The minute I saw that play, I said, get him out of there. I mean, this is a playmaker that I don't think the Eagles have had at linebacker in a long time. No, it it isn't, Lou. And the big concern was when he got injured, who's going to come in and replace him if so. And I think you got some answers in that department. But the biggest Mm. thing you could take away from the linebacking group is that you have a true superstar in the making in this kid. He is, I think so without a doubt, the best talent in my opinion that you've had in this room in. Yeah. How long, how long? I don't know. I mean, since, I mean, at least from a playmaking perspective, this is going to be maybe Jordan Hicks, 2015, 2016 level. Like when it comes to actually being a higher ceiling than that. Right. But just remember like Hicks, his first year was forcing turnovers like crazy. I think the kid had five interceptions at the time. And that's the thing is like, is Dean's floor maybe lower just based on the unknown compared to what Edwards and white were last year. Sure. But again, Mm -hmm. there's a, a level a ceiling here with again, the playmaking specifically that play he made today that you have not really seen with Edwards and white. And the thing about Nakobe is you got him for pennies on the dollar, Lou, and you didn't overthink that pick. And a lot of those guys that you didn't overthink, you got right. Drafting Georgia Bulldogs 
works. Drafting guys from the SEC works. The two wide receivers you had on the sideline, your quarterback, SEC guys, Keep it they simple, all played stupid. in big-time games, playing against big-time talent. Look at Nolan Smith tonight going Dude. against a guy who's 150 I was going to say, can we talk about what he just did to Daywan Jones, who's, what, 6'8", 340 pounds? Meanwhile, Nolan Smith literally is, what, 100 pounds lighter? And I believe so, yeah. Smith is bull rushing him? Like again, there were some Insane. wins where he showed off some incredible bend speed, but the power moves on Daywan Jones was incredible. When you look at him, it's like watching Ant Man go up against some of these guys, right? It's like he's so little, but he's able to just push these guys back off the line of scrimmage. And Dude, and a Gumby like bend. I mean, holy cow, some of those plays. Licorice legs, man. He's got licorice legs. Like they yeah. just don't make any sense. And it, he has what Josh Sweat has, which made Josh Sweat so unbelievable coming out that you could get this guy right the guy that can bend like that and then now you have Hassan Riddick and this is your third edge rusher that can do that Lou that's like a Cy Young pitcher going out and developing a new pitch that is all of a sudden unhittable that's what Nolan Smith is I mean he's gonna come in and do exactly what he did tonight Lou Daywan Jones big time talent he's taking on guys like that in college, he didn't get to play Dewan Jones last year, but he showed what he would have done to him if he did get to play him, right? But man, how do you look at this team and say the youth isn't the way to go moving forward? Because after 2017, you got old, you got slow, you're yep. the elephant team that just they didn't have these down guys the field. to take the pressure off the veterans. No, you for didn't. Sure. You you didn't have the depth, you didn't have the athleticism. Howie Roseman was so bang on with can they run? Do they love football and can they stay healthy? Because right now, outside of uh, some depth pieces, relatively, you've been healthy for the most part, which yeah, this was a tough game to watch in that regard. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into that. A couple guys taken off on you know stretchers, carted off the field, six total injuries. Um, so we'll definitely get updates on those. But again, just to kind of recap the standouts, like early on in this game with Smith and Dean, the other play too, you know, Nolan Smith is one of the guys that got injured. It was off that chase down play where he follows the running back across the entire mm-hmm. field and Pursuit. locks him down. I mean, that kind of pursuit for an edge rusher should not be allowed. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Well, the one thing that they took away from the years of the Brandon Graham picks, which was 14 years ago, Lou. I'm He's crazy, in his 14th season. Tied with Chuck Bednarik for the most in Eagles One history. thing that they have instilled from day one, and this is going back to the Jim Johnson era, edge rushers are going to pursue and are going to battle from snap to whistle every single play. That's why BG has been here for 14 years. He made his career off of doing just that. And if Nolan Smith, who's an elite-level athlete, does that, Lou, I mean, you're talking about being able to play this kid all over the football field. That's like Micah Parsons-level potential that you're potentially talking about, right? I I love hearing that. No, for sure. Absolutely. And that's what got me pretty fired up in that first half. Um, Gino, there were some negatives as well to get into, but also some positives in the second half from guys battling for roster spots on both sides of the ball. An 18-18 tie between the Eagles and the Browns. Continued takeaways coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promote healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just 
better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. <laughs> Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of it thinning with Nutrafol. Men tired of weakening of thinning hair? Do you want to reach your full hair potential? Leading hair growth supplement Nutrafol helps improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Their hair growth supplements use physical formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patent technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first month. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up, continuing this recap, I should say, uh, wrapping up a three and a half hour bender, it felt like, sicko of a preseason game. game. And a sicko game is the perfect way to describe it. An 1818 tie between the Eagles and the Browns. Gino, we started the show by highlighting the standouts in the first half, and it was the Georgia Bulldogs. It wasn't Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis who finally started to get some rest. They only played the first drive. But Nicobe Dean forces a fumble on a goal line stand. The Eagles get the ball back. Nolan Smith had three amazing pass rush wins against Daywan Jones. A couple nice pursuits against the run. So they stood out. The other guy that stood out, though, and he's a young player. You mentioned all the young guys shining. It's McKee mania. Tanner McKee continues to shine. I mean, the ball placement of this kid today with these back shoulder throws, those touchdowns, and another one that should have been in the end zone. You would think this guy's been playing for 10 years. I mean, it's unbelievable. And looking at him compared to what Marcus Mariota did again today, which was just egregious throwing of the football. McKee, I think, is, again, is he going to be QB2? I don't think so. I don't think it's time to panic just yet in that way with Mariota. But I think McKee, between Mariota's struggles and how good Tanner looks this preseason, he's a lock to make the 53. And a week and a half ago, I would say he wasn't even on the team. Clayton Thorson was pick 167. And he's had what had me scarred why I didn't like the McKee pick to begin with. It was on Clayton. <laughs> pick 167. You want to know what Tanner McKee was? 188. And that's the thing about quarterbacks that just makes evaluating this position so difficult. Because well, the Eagles McKee's have a tried. statue too, so it's hard to yeah. evaluate those kind of guys in this modern day too. They've tried it time and time and time again. I thought Carson Strong paid him $300,000 guaranteed last year, the highest paid guaranteed contract in the league for a UDFA. Gino, he is who we thought Strong was going to be last 100%, year. 100%. A statue 100%. with a rocket. Exactly. Yeah. You are spot on, man. And I mean, in back-to-back games, the first throw comes out and throws with confidence and hits guys in rhythm. And yeah. I've said on this show, for those listening back the last couple weeks, what can't Tanner McKee and Ian Book, thank goodness he didn't play tonight because Marcus Mariota was so bad as well. What yeah. can't those two guys afford to do? Well, Mariota did, unfortunately, what I thought Tanner McKee 
would be the victim of and made it difficult to evaluate the wide receivers. And at the point Tanner McKee was in the game, you lose Tyree Cleveland. The guys that were on the field were not catching the football at that point. I mean, I think every single wide receiver had a drop. Deion Kane, Tanner McKee makes one of the more athletic plays he's going to make in the red zone, escapes on a yeah. nice little leak out play to Dan Arnold, finds a second option to Kane, makes a nice throw, and it's a drop. But you just see that there's something different about this kid when it comes to passing the football. His arm talent's unbelievable. It's out of control. And unless you have one of these young guys like DTR, who's just a freak athletically and can just throw in rhythm, Mm -hmm. which is just a dime or dozen, right? Like you get the Brock Purdy guy last year, like that happens, right? You probably find one of those guys a year. But the majority of what you want to find are the Tanner McKees of the world, Lou. That's a good point. Yeah, He did an excellent job tonight. And I think if you look at the other quarterbacks he's gone against, who has played the best outside of him in his two outings, maybe DTR tonight who had a heck of a game. DTR was close today. He had a great game. But, yeah, outside of that, Gino, it's been McKee. Finishes 11 for 18, 149 yards and a touchdown. And the number 11 for 18 with what, six drops? There were so he six been drops. 17 for he 18. He should have been. He, there was only maybe one real incompletion. Yeah, you know, and some of those throws that were dropped, by the way, were his best passes. And he put them on a dime. And yeah. I've mentioned on the Ropes. show how A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are now developing these back shoulder timing routes with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Tanner McKee already has that club in his bag, man. And he, he does. You, you always hear every preseason how. The backup guys have a good rapport with the third, second wide receiver groups. You see that, and that's what you want to see out of a quarterback. I think it measures their football intelligence, their understanding of hitting landmarks. He can put that ball wherever he wants to on whatever route exactly where it needs to be. I think it comes down to the connection that he has with these guys, which comes from being a hard worker, having a good arm, and just understanding that you're a rookie and they don't want to see you scramble and try to make the bet. They want to see you take chances. And that's what he did tonight and last week. And that's yeah. why he's going to be on the 53-man roster without a doubt. Well, not to mention, too, because Mariota, I mean, the errant passes, how bad he was oh, missing horrendous. high today. That interception was brutal. But that was the third bad miss. He had two really bad ones before that. Again, with Marcus, and this is the thing I said about him last week, because he didn't have a good game last week either throwing Mm-mm. the football. He hasn't had a good summer passing the football. This has been a trend for a, a few months. <laughs> I bet, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you've been watching him since the Oregon days. Um, you know, for me, I, I said last week, again, this is what we knew Mariota was, though, right? Even yeah. Atlanta last year. We knew they were signing him more for his elite mobility as a quarterback, That how that fits perfectly into this offense. You give him enough weapons like A.J. Brown, Dale Scott, Smith. There's a certain floor passing that he can get by with, kind of like Gardner Minshew last year. Mm-hmm. But I will say, at the, and again, the $5 million guaranteed, they're not suddenly going to go out there and sign Nick Foles. I know all the radio guys now are going to start pushing that this week, and there's jokes about Carson Wentz being out there and all of that. But to me, I think it's less about like replacing Mariota instantly but this, how it's gone on long enough, these struggles for Marcus, that it pushes them even more to want to keep another quarterback. And thank God McKee looks the way they do, he does, or they would be, they would have been out there looking for somebody else if all they had was Ian Book. They'd be bringing in another veteran mm-hmm. 100%. Not saying they would have cut Mariota, five mil guaranteed, but they would be looking. Yeah, I mean, a, a Taylor Heineke might be coming through that door at that point, right? Right. Like, right. There might be a real talk about that if that right. is the case. But at $5 million guaranteed, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be on the roster. Mm. But Tanner McKee makes you feel really good about your future at that backup quarterback position if this kid really does have yeah, a head on his continues, shoulders. Yeah. And 
somebody made a great point that like if you look back to mock drafts last year, there were some that had this kid like late first round, early second, there and were. then because of the Stanford talent, is just know? so bad. They had yeah. nobody to throw the football to, and now you could see that he can sling the rock. And he's I don't even think Nate Sudfeld looked do this it. good at any point. No, in the no, no. Nate looked good in like rhythm timing type stuff. But yeah, like Tanner McKee, but he wasn't making these kind of passes. Make, can make passes. Like, These were wow make, throws. He can make passes that you're saying third or fourth level. I mean, Marcus Mariota's a, what, his eighth or ninth year in the league, and he can't make yeah. those back shoulder no. timing throws. He cannot do it. And yeah. it, there's just something different about this kid. But that's a great point, Lou, that if they didn't have this kid, like what if you didn't look into him? What would we be talking about right They'd now? They'd be signing somebody. Yeah. They, and I'm not they really saying would they have would. to be. And again, I still believe that Nick Foles had a terrible preseason in 2018, and then he comes in and leads them against really back Cleveland. To the that the game was ugly, no kidding. Exactly. Right? So I'm not saying Mariota in the in the regular season with a a real game plan and with all these weapons around him suddenly will continue to be who he is. I'm also mm-hmm. not saying he's going to be a star, but I think there is a middle ground there that can still make him a good QB two, start to run him more you know, get the real RPO game going. I still believe Mariota can be a good backup this year, but it, it's concerning because this hasn't just mm-hmm. been one game. The passing is absolutely a problem. So it's really good to see that McKee mania uh, definitely does continue. Uh, Gino, you mentioned injuries earlier. want to get into that too before we take a, another quick break. Um, two guys taken out in stretchers today sucks. I mean, Tyree Cleveland has mm-hmm. been really building up some momentum in that wide receiver battle. And then my guy, Moro Ajomo, just crushing again today one-on-one pass rush reps uh, defensive tackle i said he was a lock to make this 53 man roster felt even stronger about that after today's performance he gets carted off with a neck injury again we don't know the severity of these injuries but that always sucks when you see those guys especially the ones like fighting for their jobs for a life in the nfl deal with that kind of injury in a preseason game that that just sucks was i ever more right saying last week or a couple days ago that I'd be fine watching three televised joint practices. Yeah, no, honestly. There's no reason for it. Like At, at the point when Moro Jomo was on that stretcher, they should have called the football game. Well, and even before that, it's like Zach McPherson gets targeted all game, and then he goes down with yeah. an injury, and now they think it might be an Achilles. For Sean Zach. Bradley last week, too. Last week, yeah, he tears his Achilles. special teamers, and yeah. two Achilles injuries in a week is just unbelievable. And see two neck injuries in the same game, I just, I hate this stuff, man. I, I just, yeah, well, it's... August 17th, we're less than a month away from seeing real game action. And it's unfortunate that we need this to see if these guys can play and keep their job. But yeah. there's got to be some difference. But shortening the games, I mean, limiting some sort of stuff where they do the, that in some different environments, like uh, all-star football games like the Senior Bowl, where mm-hmm. like you can't blitz or like can't do certain things to just keep it safer for these guys to get them to the yeah. regular season. And there might have to be an investigation into something like that because six tonight, Lou. Or just make the game shorter. In a tie. In a tie. Yeah, and maybe tie. like maybe don't give them three. I ask you this question: Who yeah. cares about these games? Who did the Eagles play in both seasons when they went to the Super Bowl in the last six years? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you don't know. You don't care. Nobody cares. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and Nobody it's not cares. just because this game lasted for three and a half hours and I'm tired. I, I just genuinely have no idea. So exactly. I think the games need to be shorter too. Don't give them three and a half hours no, to potentially that's, get hurt. Dude, that's so, insane. I mean, yeah, that's so, tough. Just like muscular injuries as well. You got a bunch mm. of guys on hammies. I mean, 
yeah. the Nick Sirianni's of the world are the leading proponents of this stuff. There has to be deeper, deeper conversations, right? And yeah, with some depth players, but other teams, it's big injuries, and nobody yeah. wants to see that happen, man. And especially tonight when those guys were balling, and I thought Zach battled back, and I thought Morrow battled yeah, back, he, and Zach, Sean's I mean, a big time special teams player. It just sucks. How many times did DTR target Zach in the, in the first half? And it felt like he had some brutal plays in coverage, a really bad missed mm-hmm. tackle on third down, but battled back with some nice pass breakups, and now he goes down, and suddenly you're thinking, okay, that was going to be probably your primary slot backup. Suddenly, Josiah Scott is back in here as, I think, a lock to make this roster, Gino, and he mm-hmm. had a good game today in the second half. So if McPherson, and again, we can't confirm that it is an Achilles injury, um, but if it is and he's out for the year, Scott's on this team because he's your yep. only other slot guy who's also cross-trained to play safety as well. So if you go lighter on safety this year, I thought Justin Evans was not good again today. Um, and if you go heavier corner, you're going to need somebody versatile like Scott. So I think... These injuries do, it does change things up when it comes to the 53 as well. Like if Ajomo's out for a while, I thought Contavious Street might get cut at this point. Now, I don't know. Agreed. I'm there with you. And I think linebacker, you kind of figured it out as well. That Sean Bradley injury kind of made it a little easier yeah. for you. And with Miles Jack not playing until, what, halfway through the third quarter, Gino? Mm-hmm. It's, it was the Cunningham and Christian Ellis show, and they both, I thought, made a lot of plays. Right. And Josiah Scott being the only guy, it's like, that's unfortunate that you have to hand them that position kind of, but I'd like to see Josh Job maybe next week, take some snaps at uh that slot corner position, right? Because who else is going to play it? If Avante goes down, which history shows it could happen and why we are so high on Zach McPherson and tonight to see him go out there and play outside corner and look okay at times, which yeah. was to see if he could be an outside corner, I think, and more. Which is where they originally had him. Yeah, they did, and I think he is more of an inside guy, but now with the injury, I mean, are you going to keep a seventh cornerback? Are you going to keep Eli Ricks, who looks good, and Mm -hmm. make a case for Mario Goodrich? And I I think a lot of those guys make a good case, and it's unfortunate that injuries are going to have to play a little bit to do with that, Lou, but at the same time, there are guys that are going to be cut that you're going to be kind of upset about. And that's what this time of year is all about is to find out if you have to make those difficult well, Gina, cuts to figure out how yeah. good you actually are. I just had a thought too. I mean, our two guys on the edge, maybe suddenly there's a spot for them. I thought both, you know, Teron Jackson and Janarius Robinson had great games today in the edge. Mm-hmm. And I thought both were going to get cut unjustifiably. So because of Derek Barnett, but maybe if they go lighter at linebacker in safety, maybe. maybe instead of keeping like a Ricks, you want to keep one of those other edge rushers. They were getting to the quarterback Definitely consistently. Case Bo- for it, Lou. Both of them played the majority of this game, and they were getting there almost every other play. No, without a doubt. And when cutdown day comes, it's going to stink because the Teron Jacksons of the world, the Janarius Robinsons, you should probably be able to get something for guys like that. Shows how deep you are, though. You know, and So I guess it's kind of a yeah. positive. It's the good and bad about the National Football League. One thing I think they should do, make the roster 60-man at this point. I think we're well beyond that. And with the practice squad, I would say 75 is like a good number. Like, cut 15 guys. I I think there are enough spots and enough guys that go down in a season that even 70 guys on a roster, 75 guys is a a pretty good number. And especially for the Eagles, like, you're going to lose them because why? Because of a a number that's just – some a archaic number that we've just gone along with for X amount of years. Right. And 
that's what the best part about being this Eagles team is, is that Howie Roseman did such a great job compiling all this talent that we have to make these decisions, right? And with the AJs being on the sideline and sweatpants and Devontae's, those other guys have to go win their jobs. And some guys won them tonight. Some guys lost them. Yeah, I think more on defense. Guys are winning the jobs on offense continuously today again. Throwing was away. It? Wide receiver I didn't, just throwing away. Wide receiver. Jobs. I think Joseph Nagata had a, a better game, but not enough to warrant being kept on this roster at tight end. I still, I think tight ends blocked really well in the run game. Grant Calcaterra, mm-hmm. I, he actually made some nice blocks. And I'm like, that's something he needs to be able to do if they're like, if Jack Stahl were to get cut, for instance, who's been your main blocking tight end. Oh, but I overall, the, ti- the, tight, the tight ends didn't flash. I mean, Trey Sermon, great to see him bounce back after that fumble with a touchdown run, but. I don't think he's convincing this team to keep a fifth running back. I think it's on defense. It's, oh, do we keep another edge rusher? Do we mm-hmm. keep Eli Ricks and we bring in Josiah Scott? You know, it's safety. What do we do here with Justin Evans, who's being used as a returner tonight? Kavon Wallace looks really good, again, tackling in the open field. By the way, and this isn't somebody that's fighting for a roster spot, but Gino, how about Sidney Brown? Just, again, <sighs> continues to be all what over the field. I mean... I think I'm convinced he needs to be one of the safeties that are on the field every single play, regardless of if you have two out there, one, two, or three, even over Blankenship. I, nobody at this position can do what Brown does. He's already pulling on my heartstrings, man. He, he yeah, wasn't I'm, one of my favorites in the class, but seeing I'm him I'm not saying he's going to be field, CDJ right away, but I think we're going to forget about him quick. Dude, I, I'm a big fan of Brown. His range is unbelievable. His range is His ability crazy. to come downfield is unbelievable. His ability to accelerate. Another hit play, play today, man. When he is way. lined up on the far hash at the 25 and yeah. almost runs down Austin Watkins on that bobbled catch and strips him a yard into the end zone. He mm-hmm. almost made that play. That's crazy athleticism. And that's a third round pick, Lou. The Eagles nailed this 2023 class and the dividends are going to so be far. reaped right away out of this class. And Keely Ringo, we haven't even talked about him. I don't think flash some good spots and man Again, coverage. Yeah. Got to figure out the tackling thing. You can tell he's raw he's with, gonna with get tackling there. with like, you know, locating the football. Ball. Yeah. There was a play today along the right sideline that was caught and it set up a, a red zone drill um, that Ringo was right there, but he just could not locate the football in the air. Mm-hmm. But, you know, his mirroring of wide receivers, it's there, it's which is super yeah. impressive. Yeah. It's evident, especially a guy who was talked about to be a safety. He's not going to be a safety if he can't tackle. I'll tell you that much. But if yeah, his hips are this he's good, trying to tackle right now, no. <laughs> if his hips and this ability to mirror are as good as they've shown over the last couple games, I think you have something to develop. And you know, I was actually impressed by that and surprised because I felt like with Ringo. It, it, I, he seemed a little stiffer sometimes on tape at Georgia where, you know, the, the changing of direction with those hips sometimes mm-hmm. was a little bit tougher, but th- that hasn't really been an issue when he's like been press man coverage. No, I totally agree, Lou. And a, a lot of guys have surprised me so far and yeah. we could literally go down the 90 man and probably pick out one thing nice to say about every single one of them. And I'm, I'm so happy that we had to watch a three and a half hour tie and get to talk about it. And you guys are going to listen to this show. Are going to agree with you. If well, you're this far into the if show, you listen to this show. Yeah. You're and you're this though. far into that. Yeah, and you're 27 like, minutes into a preseason tie. Yeah. Literally love <laughs> you. like swear you are the yeah. best. No, absolutely. 18 to 18 Eagles Browns tie week two preseason three and a half hours. 
barn burner, sicko game, as Gino said it. Uh, Join practices coming up next week with the Indianapolis Colts as we move forward into another week of preseason action. We have one more show, though, for you this week. Stock up, stock down preseason edition coming up tomorrow for you right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network or Lockdown Eagles Podcast is always part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. Until tomorrow's edition of the show, though, we're going to sign off for Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.